listeners. Heyo! Welcome gotta... to Rhapsody in Reverie episode 11. Are you okay? I gotta get better intro breaks. <laughs> <laughs> you, ever, you ever get caught up in the moment and go, I'm disgusted by myself and the way I speak. Well, this is dark. No! successfully made it to 11 episodes and we got a good show for you today so let's get right into it and talk about the hint for our episode this week ah yes the, the return of the hint master last week hint master said <laughs> i'm dropping the voice yeah, I was about uh, this... to say, are you going to do this for the entire hint? Oh, I thought about it. <laughs> I'm going to have to say no. I could. <laughs> you could. That would be a choice that you could make. The, the hint was that the featured artist for episode 11 once lived for 20 months in his friend's attic. The answer is Harry Styles. Yeah, guys. You heard us. Mm-hmm. It's that episode. <laughs> Trust me, we are as confused as you are. <laughs> yes. Confused is the word of the day. Befuddled. This episode. <laughs> Bewitched. Confusticated. Bothered and bewildered. Oh, you went there. <laughs> I went there. Oh, see, we the premise, as you know, from the beginning has always been to choose artists that we personally not just enjoy, but that we love. You know, that they hold a special place in our hearts. And if you had told me uh, even a year ago that one day Harry Styles would occupy a place in our playlist repertoire, uh, I would have told you, good day, sir. You are speaking nonsense. In tongues, if you will. And yet, here we are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is just a testament to how authentic we are as podcast hosts. Because we, we could have said somebody cool and, like, mm -hmm. edgy. And we chose Harry Styles. Yeah. Because it's accurate. I saw Harry Styles tweet about the 1975 once, and I was like, oh, so he actually has good taste. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's hope for you. 
Not, not to oh say God. that people in boy bands don't have good taste, but in, it, he was tweeting about one of my all-time favorite bands. So it was kind mm-hmm. of like... And he was tweeting about them at a time when they weren't nearly as big as they are now. So I was like, oh, wow, you actually know that band. All right. We'll we'll see we'll see what you've got, because I think everybody expected a Justin Timberlake moment from one of them. So I was like, all right, we'll see what. Oh, happens. everyone knew, everyone knew that Justin Timberlake of the group would be Harry Styles. Everybody did. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy that more than one of them has had their Justin Timberlake moment. <laughs> yeah, because that's the thing; they all put out decent music, like well solo. I mean, some of it's not really my style, but it it's all music. It's all relatively decent, and it's all been pretty popular from a economical standpoint. So, good on them. That's fair. When Harry Styles finally released his first single, I actually wasn't really expecting it to be that good. Like, as good as it was. Yeah. And, like, because when I... When I thought about the kind of music Harry Styles was going to make after the whole split happened, I was kind of expecting it to still be just, like, pop music. Like, mm-hmm. pop, pop music. Oh, yeah. Teeny bopper stuff. Yeah, like, I was still expecting it to be pop music. I was expecting it to be, like, maybe kind of emulating a little bit of the 1975, but still very much a top 40 song and then to hear sign of the times it was like oh so that's actually good <laughs> yeah sign of the times came out of left field how how would you describe the sound of that because to me it feels it evokes a lot of the sound of of You're like mid 70s the 70s i i literally as i was i said mid 70s <laughs> rock like yeah, that's it. That's it. Don't even have to ask me. You already know. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. It's very, <laughs> very, very mid-70s classic rock song. I have to say, when I first heard the song, it felt very refreshing to hear this kind of sound that was a blend of old and new. Because, like, I don't want to say that it sounds like some somebody's trying to copy the sound of the 70s. Because... I think there's a huge difference between emulating it and being inspired by it versus I'm just going to copy everything that the 70s did that was good and yet somehow make something really bad. And mm-hmm. he he was the former. So I, I, was, I was actually genuinely impressed by Sign of the Times. It felt like an homage to that era. Mm-hmm. And I appreciated that because it's just not an era that's really popular in pop music right now. The sort of flavor is a lot of electronic music. And if you're going to go with eras, the 80s is a lot more popular than the 70s right now. Yeah. In popular music. So to hear something that sounded like something as grand as, like, an arena rock band from the 70s was <laughs> not anything that I expected to come out of any of the One Direction members. To quote David Duchovny, feels good, feels organic, thank you. Yeah. 
It, it does. It did. It did. That was another thing too. It felt. It felt good, and it felt organic. It felt real. It, like, I'm joking, but I'm also not joking. Yeah, because the entire album feels authentic, and that was mm-hmm. another thing that surprised me. Is from the very beginning, mm-hmm. when it starts off with "Meet Me in the Hallway." Yep. As soon as that song started, the first, like, five seconds, I was like, oh, I'm in trouble. (laughs) My cred. My street cred. (laughs) This is good. This is really good. That feeling just kept snowballing and getting bigger and bigger and bigger until by the end of it, I was, like, a full-on Harry Styles fan. And the reason why is because all of these songs while they had very strong ties to the 70s and felt like 70s rock songs, they still felt like Harry Styles. Yes. But it it felt like something that was an honest expression of self. It didn't feel fake. It felt like good music that he genuinely had a connection to. Yeah, I will give him that, that he has very, he's very self-aware and he's very much in control of his brand and what he wants to put out there. It's a, it, it was all a very intelligent album, aside from just being really well put together artistically. There, there's something about it that, that says this is, this is who he is presenting to the world, and it's all precise, and mm-hmm. I respect that. One thing that always sticks out to me that I heard, I think, Christopher Nolan said this about Harry Styles because Harry Styles was in Dunkirk. Yeah. It might not have been Christopher Nolan, but it was somebody that worked on that film. And what they said about Harry Styles is that he has a very classic kind of face. Mm, And that is true. And I think that just like seeps into everything that he is. He's a very classic, timeless, branded person. And so, like you said, this album was very smart to him for his brand because everything about him screams classic, classic nostalgia. Which is good because, man, Harry, if you can, if you can keep this up for the rest of your career, you're in, you're in the history books of music. I mean, you already were because you were in one of the big pop bands of the early aughts. But yeah, you keep this up. <laughs> you keep this up, kid. I'm really glad you brought up Dunkirk because I forgot Harry Styles was in Dunkirk and I was watching it and I was like, <laughs> I was so wrapped up in developing a, a fear of drowning that I, when he popped up, I was like, ah, Harry Styles. <laughs> like, it was just shocking. I was scared. I was like, where did you go? Ah, a wild Harry appears. <laughs> That's literally what I thought in my head. I, I literally was like, a wild Harry Styles. In my war movie, Meet Me in the Hallway was the kicker right into it. You have the guitar, the slightly sort of distorted guitar mm-hmm. in the beginning, and then the haunting reverb vocals. Yeah. It's, oh, God. He it, sounds like he's singing to you in, at the far end of a darkened hallway, except it's yeah. somehow not creepy. It's enticing. And I don't know how he does that, because if I was in an abandoned, poorly lit hallway, and I heard somebody singing, I would run. <laughs> I'd run the other way. Yeah. 
But this made me want to like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna check it out. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be that girl in the beginning of the horror movie that investigates. <laughs> that song is hypnotizing. It is. Yeah, like you said, it reels you in. You're oddly lulled into a sense of security, despite the fact that you should probably be unsettled. Because, as it is, like, lyrically, that song's not really about something positive. Like, No, it's really sad. She's <laughs> like, give me some morphine. Like, it's not, yeah. it's not a song that's just, like, a happy-go-lucky song. It's an no. unsettling song. I want to say, here's also another thing what I love about this music and 70s music as well, is that it's beautiful melodically and sad, but I also don't always understand what the lyrics are supposed to mean. I don't always get what the imagery is supposed to be projecting in my head. And I'm going to be honest with that, because I feel like it's important to be honest. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, okay, Mr. Styles, you captured that feeling as well. I'm very confused. <laughs> yeah, from what I gather when I listen to that song, all I can assume is that it's about drug addiction. See, and that goes against what little genius research I did in terms of lyrics, where it was like, it's about him leaving a, an unhealthy relationship, and he's really hoping that this person will come out and tell him not to go. All right, that's probably I was a like, bit more PG. Yeah, but also But drugs. also drug addiction. But also drugs. Either way, that that's the beauty of that song, is that it's not easily pinned down. It makes you think, it makes you unsettled, but also allured. Having that start out an album, too, is... What a way. Bold. What a way to start it. It's very bold. You hear it, and you're like, I am afraid, but I kind of like that. <laughs> so saucy makes that one. I'm a. Well, mark me down as scared and horny. <laughs> <laughs> can we talk about Carolina? We can talk about Carolina. Uh, is it just is it just me or is Carolina the perfect road trip song? It's the perfect everything song. But That's... yeah, it's totally. A great song for, like, a car ride. Windows rolled down. Sun shining. Yeah. Honestly, when I hear that song, though, I think of 70s kickbacks. Okay. Like, I think of what I imagine, or maybe even late 60s, what I imagine it was like to be a teenager in the 70s. Somebody's put on a record. You're vibing. You're the room's kind of hazy. It's a lazy Saturday. Four twenty in the afternoon. There's a girl in a mod dress vibing next to a lava lamp. Like it's just, it's such a vibe. Uh, I read a theory that this might have been about cocaine. Oh. Because Johnny Cash has a song called Cocaine Carolina, and they're like, oh, it's an homage to Johnny Cash. And I was like, oh, well. (laughs) Well, um, that. Yeah. But other theories say it's about a fan. 
And I was like, oh, damn, did, did he do what I think he did? <laughs> I like that this is his father's favorite song on the, on the album. His father has good taste. Yes. Yeah. This is a this is a banger. This isn't a bop. This is a banger. It really is. Like that's. I remember dancing to that song with you in my living room. Yes. It's, it's such a vibe. It's like it is. Three it, o'clock in the morning. You really are. You really hit the nose on the head when you're like, "This is this is evocative of like what it's like to be a '70s teen." Or, or like in my opinion, just to give us a little more dignity, a, a '70s twenty-something, uh, yeah. and a kickback, like just hanging out, because that's that's literally what we were doing when we heard this album for the first time, just hanging out, kicking back, and dancing when we felt like it. That's that's pretty much the vibe this song had us going for the rest of the evening. Yeah, so. you just kind of <laughs> let loose. It's a very loosey-goosey kind of song. <laughs> and I mean, I, I think that, like, I think that stands with the sort of girl he's talking about. The girl that's mm-hmm. kind of too cool for school and does whatever she wants and just has everybody wrapped around her finger. That song has that spirit, both lyrically and musically, and it's hard yeah. not to feel like that when you listen to it. It's like, yeah, life is good. Everything's awesome. I'm great. I'm the coolest kid in the skid. <laughs> I'm not cool, guys. <laughs> Let's talk about Sweet Creature. That's all so sad, but... It's cute. really beautiful, though. It's very beautiful. It's... I have to... I think it's one of my favorite songs on the album, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm a sucker for a bare-bones acoustic track with an artist and a guitar, and that's basically it. Because something, something quite magical happens, at least in my brain, when it's stripped down to the bare essentials like that. It's a very heartfelt and endearing song, I think. Yeah. I love his voice on that song. Yeah. He really gets to show off some of his, like, His range power. a little bit, yeah. Yeah, and his range. Just... I hate that I'm saying this. <laughs> huh. I hate that we're having this conversation. <laughs> no, you don't, because you love this album. It's good music. That's true. <laughs> Forget about all the preconceived stigma. notions and stigma. He's a good artist. <laughs> yeah, no, he is. And I, I really do like the sentiment behind the song. I, I, the chorus where he's, you know, wherever I go, you bring me home. Mm-hmm. Or when I run out of road, you bring me home. That is beautiful. The whole you are my home thing. It's it's an old um it's an old trope, but it's a good one. And it's beautiful. Yeah. It's tried and true. It may be cliche, but damn does it work. <laughs> if somebody called you a sweet creature, what would your initial reaction be? It depends. Are they hot? And am I in a relationship with them? I mean, it could it could be that. Like, let's say they're in a relationship with you, and they've never called you this before, and they call you a sweet creature. That swoon. Because to I me, my swoon. initial... I have to admit, my, my initial reaction would have been like, what? <laughs> it would be weird, but I would swoon, eventually. That's, that's the thing. It would be weird, but the only reason why I know 
that I find it endearing is because I heard him sing it in this soulful, yearning manner. Like, that's the, <laughs> that's the only way I heard it that I'm like, oh yeah, this would work. Yeah, it's all about the inflection. If you say it right, it'll, it'll work. Mm-hmm. Like, I know the term comes from Shakespeare, I know he coined it, but unless, unless you go in with the mindset that he's being poetic and he's calling you a sweet creature, you're gonna be like, what did you call me? <laughs> but no, I think, I think this song is very soulful, it's very, it's very heartfelt. I don't know how he feels about it, I hope he likes it. I kind of want to skip ahead to Kiwi, because that song is a banger. True. Caroline is also a banger, but that song is a rip-roaring, in-your-face, 70s rock and roll banger. Yeah, what is it? There's, it's, it, there's three of them. A bop, a banger, and a something else. This is the harder jam. of the three. Maybe it's a jam. No, this is a banger. Caroline is a jam. Yeah. Caroline is a jam, but Kiwi is a banger. It is a banger. And like many of the other great bangers of the 70s, part, some of these lyrics make no sense to me, but I love them. <laughs> yeah, like, of course, it makes sense, but, like, in context, it kind of makes no sense at all. Yeah. I'm having your baby, it's none of your business. How, in what world? <laughs> like, well, I, I love that line, though, because it's like, in some ways, it makes you think deeply about the concept of pregnancy and parenthood. <laughs> I don't know and if it's that deep. <laughs> it, it's not, it's probably not that deep, but it made me go that deep. Okay. Because I, I kept trying to figure it out, and the more I thought about it, the more I was like, I guess, as a woman, if I'm having your baby, like, depending on the situation, is it your business? <laughs> Well, like, I feel like this is going into a dangerous political area. <laughs> yeah, and th that's what blew me about this song, is that... Damn, like, he wrote this as a joke. <laughs> he, he, he probably didn't really think that much of it, but I'm he, sitting here contemplating my own ethical questions about parenthood, pregnancy, wow. to a Harry Styles song. All it made me think about was his crazy fans and how fame was weird. <laughs> that too. Yeah. Like, imagine, here's the thing, imagine this scenario, because this is what I imagine, is, um, I don't, I don't pretend to know his personal life, I don't know what's happening here, um, but I'm imagining a rock star having an affair with a fan, and the fan saying something crazy like, I'm having your baby and it's none of your business, and I bet, like, as a rock star, you're gonna go, what? <laughs> it's like a rock and roll version of Billy Jean. <laughs> yes. That's what it is. Yeah. It's like in the rock version. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. It's the precursor to Billy Jean. <laughs> this is right before he gets to go. Billy Jean wasn't my lover. <laughs> yeah. This is before they in court arguing over child support. <laughs> His eyes were like mine. <laughs> oh no, it's my business now. <laughs> oh no. What was that Mario? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's Oh no. That's the noise I make now when I know it's I'm in me. trouble. <laughs> <Your baby. laughs> 
when I'm in trouble and like I have to take a moment and recognize that I'm in trouble, I literally go, oh no. <laughs> but I love the fact that he, he started this as like a joke and now it's one of his favorite songs. Because again, you can't just carelessly write a banger as a joke because it's gonna be a banger. It's gonna be infectious. It's gonna be, I don't know, a toe tapper? A dance song? I don't know. This is like a head thrashing turbio yeah. song. <laughs> I like that he's basically taking taking us through all the genres of 70s rock. You've got the sweet, soulful, acoustic kind of rock, the folk rock kind of a thing. And now you're into like the other side, like not quite acid rock, but you're getting there. <laughs> yes, it's an education in the 70s. You have glam rock slash uh, arena rock with Sign of the Times. You have, I, I don't know why Carolina reminds me kind of of Sweet Home Alabama, but it does. So whatever they are. Thank you for this education. <laughs> mm. I want to talk about Ever Since New York. Oh, yeah. The first time I heard that song, he did a performance on one of the talk shows. I love the drums. It's really good. Do you know, do you know like, what it's about? No. His, um, his stepfather had gotten a diagnosis of bad health, and he was in a hotel room in Brooklyn, and he was trying... He was... This is literally like, okay, I'm waiting for another phone call for an update. I'm waiting to find out what's happening. And um, his stepfather passed away of cancer. So, I mean, oh, that's awful. it's very sad. It's a very tragic thing. And, like, he never came out and said, yes, it's about my stepfather. But he did say it was about getting bad news about a family member. And other people are like, oh, well, his stepfather passed away. It must be about him. Yeah. So, again, like, there, there is something very... Um, I'm sure, isolating and surreal about getting this kind of news when you're halfway around the world in a hotel room. Yeah, that's such a intimate moment, and to have it in such a foreign space, mm -hmm. like, you don't get much more impersonal than a hotel room. No, especially because he's like, there's no water inside the swimming pool, like, it. what kind of bare bones hotel? Come on, man. You got one direction money. Yes. Yeah, really? <laughs> you should afford to have a pool with some water. It adds a sort of depth to the lyric where he's going, oh, tell me something I don't already know. He's like, he's he's really hoping there's something, like a miracle coming. Yeah. Like, that's, that's so sad. He knew it was coming. He's just like, please. Yeah. Prove me wrong, world. Woman! Woman! How, I don't know how much more 70s you get than literally titling your song Woman. You know what I mean? Definitely. This was the point in the album where I was like, I didn't want to be attracted to Harry Styles. Mm. But here we are. He called you woman. It was, it was, you were sort of lost by that point. <laughs> yeah, at that point you're just like, okay. Like, I, I'm not going to advocate for 
dudes just randomly shout woman at women. Because don't do that. I feel like it's a consensual but, thing. <laughs> but, yeah. Like, if you're in a relationship or something, and there's a moment, and there's a tension, and someone's just like, woman, mm. it's forceful and abrasive, and it's a little shocking. Admit it, it's sexy. But also enticing. <laughs> just say it. It's sexy. Yeah. I didn't really expect for Harry Styles to be sexy, but here we are. I don't know, man. This is a weird episode. Look, it's weird, <laughs> but honest. And I think our integrity is worth it. <laughs> Harry. Harry Styles got me feeling some type of way, okay? I hate this. That's basically... <laughs> That's basically the state I've been in ever since this album came out. I didn't ask for this, but here I am. Got me feeling some type of way. And like, to be be completely honest, I don't really know what this song is about other than the fact that he just yells woman at me and I like that. I like to have the sample thing at the- or not the sample, but whatever he's saying in the beginning. He's just like, so, uh, should we just search romantic comedies on Netflix and then see what we find? No! <laughs> Stop it! Also, apparently, like, the uh, you know, the, the uh noise at the end of every line? Yeah. Uh, I thought it was, like, a weird, like, duck whistle thing. You know, those, like, wah! Yeah. That's just him. <laughs> like, they, they did stuff to alter oh. his voice, but it's just him. Like, it's not a duck. So to, like, see him Dude. actually address it, because apparently this it needed to be addressed. <laughs> I was like, oh, I was imagining you holding up a duck in the studio, because you know what? You would. Oh, fun fact, this album was one of the producers on it is Jeff Baster, who also worked on Some Nights by Fun. That's cool. And you know, you know who, uh... Co-wrote a song with Jack Antonoff, former member of Fun. Who? Harry Styles. <laughs> wow. <laughs> For those who are wondering, it's Alfie's song that they uh, used in the movie Love Simon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Harry Styles is more influenced than you know. Harry's a good artist. Harry Harry's got a good ear for music. And that is something that I was surprised to learn when I first found out he was a 1975 fan. And then was even more surprised to continue to learn listening to his albums. I don't know. Like, it seems kind of mean of me to say surprised, but like, I don't know. I just wasn't really expecting him to be into the kind of music that he seems to be into. It's really great that he is, though. Yeah, it's great that he is, because he made this incredible album. Harry Styles' album was one of my favorites from that year. Yeah. So, I am very grateful for him um, deciding to make music like that because honestly i'm sure there are some people at in at his label or whatnot around him and his team that were like do you really want to do this you could just make 
uh, like, top 40 song and put, I don't know, Drake on it and just rake in the cash. He could. But he, he could have done that. And everybody in his um, fan base would have loved it and we all would have been fine with it. Like, no one would have faulted him for that. No. But he was like, no, I'm gonna make an album that I'm proud of. And he really did and a bang-up job, honestly. He, he really did. So, do you want to talk about favorite songs now? Yeah, um, so we're gonna wrap up our discussion now with favorite songs. I'm gonna give myself three. Oh, uh, yeah, I have three. Too. Okay. So, my first is Sweet Creature. And I I mentioned that when we were talking about it in more depth, so I'm not going to go into it. The second one is from The Dining Table. Damn, that's funny. Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> I've got you again! You beat me so much. <laughs> you beat it's me so much. It's a very good song. There's something very bittersweet about it. There, It's a very stellar way to close out an album, especially a debut album. It was a satisfying ending, which I don't always get from albums. Mm-hmm. So honestly, it's it's there in the top. It's in my top three. And number three, I'm probably gonna have to say Carolina. Just because yeah. I do, I do a lot of driving. I love road trips. I love the general feel of that song. And it is a great song to drive around, like to just tool around with your windows down, the sun shining on your face. Maybe it's four o'clock in the afternoon. It's the golden hour or whatever. And you're just having a a grand old time driving to the beach, whatever. It's the perfect mood setting song. It really is. It's Mm -hmm. such a jam. But there you have my top three. Sweet Creature from the Dining Table and Carolina. All right. So my favorite... And we're actually fairly aligned on this one. First is definitely Meet Me in the Hallway. Mm. Because it was... I mean, the first song I heard was Sign of the Times. Because that was the first single. But then the next one being Meet Me in the Hallway. First song on the album. And that was the song that instantly made me realize that I was going to love this album. I always go back to that song. The next favorite song that I have is definitely Carolina. Uh, Again, it's a vibe. It's such a vibe. And then, yeah, my last favorite song is From the Dining Table. I Mm. love that song. I think it's beautiful. From the second I heard it, it reminded me of a Simon and Garfunkel song. Yes. It has a Paul Simon kind of Yes. I hate that we like it for the same reason. It's so beautiful. It's so good. It's just such an honest, earnest, acoustic song. I, there's so many smart lines in that song. I love I love the line, even my phone misses your call, by the yeah, way. Yeah, that, that was solid. Just, that's such a... I heard that and I was like, oh, oof, oh, I feel that one. He knows his craft. So I hope to mm-hmm. see more from him. Yeah. Did we... We we did it. We actually wow. did an episode about Harry Styles. I'm kind of shocked. I'm still in disbelief that we talked about Harry Styles. 
for a while too. Like I thought this would be maybe a ten minute conversation. No, this was a well thought out hour. Mm. Shout out to the fact, uh, Mr. Styles, if you're in town and you're bored and you want a drinking buddy on your birthday, you hit me up. Two of us share a birthday. <laughs> yeah. You guys are you guys are made for Stop. Each other. <laughs> But for real, man, you born on the same day. Here in town, let's grab a drink. <laughs> you are destined. Oh God. <laughs> also, how surreal is it to find out you're as old as Harry Styles? Because like all throughout high school, I thought I was older than him. Yeah, I didn't think I was the same age. No. So I was just like, this is weird. My my inferiority complex is kicking. <laughs> what have I exactly. done? But no, like, honestly, props to you, man. You put out a great one. And with that, I think yeah. I think that wraps up our discussion of Harry Styles and his debut album. Yep, you did good, too. And uh, congrats good. on wrapping up your first solo tour. I hear your cover of um, The Chain by Fleetwood Mac is really good. If you could release that cover, <laughs> if you could... I would greatly appreciate it because I currently don't have money for a tour ticket. So just, just, just quietly. Yeah. And even if I did, tour sold out in like two seconds. Yeah, you're right. So just release it. Just do it. Just do it. And then go on tour again because I would actually like to go see him live. Yeah, he probably puts on a really great show. He says his yeah. main influence is Shania Twain, and I'm like, I need to see this. I love it. Amazing. Yeah. But anyway, it is time for your new favorite segment. Woo! I love this segment. Yeah. It's such a challenge now. So why don't you tell us what artist that you want to share? So my artist this week for up-and-comers is the artist soft glass you might recognize that name if you follow us on twitter or on facebook because i did actually retweet an article i forget which news organization published it i want to say it was enemy or something but they they put something out about like uh rising stars to watch and i was curious about the picture that they had used for the the promotion of their tweet or whatever. So I actually clicked the link. If you get the chance, not only listen to the song Perks of Being a Sunflower, but watch the music video. Because if you enjoy Wes Anderson films, you're going to like it. There's something very, very cool about the whole vibe of not just the song, but of the music video as well. Um, it's very well put together. It's very well directed. And the song itself is beautiful. There's a lyric... <laughs> oh, I don't want to I don't want to misquote it. Uh I will just tell you that it involves Gordon Ramsay and it was the most ridiculously endearing lyric I've ever heard in a song. <laughs> so check out Soft Glass on Instagram and on Twitter. You can find them at Soft Glass. It's 1S, not 2, 1. Awesome. Tell them you that we sent you. Tell him. Yeah. Tell them Rhapsody Reverie sent you. Mm -hmm. Shout us out. So now the artist that I want to talk about for our up-and-comer segment 
So this artist has been around for a while. It is Great Good Fine Okay. Ooh. I've known about them for maybe four years? That sounds about right. Yeah, like three or four years. Because I had seen a music video that they had made. And I loved it. It was for the song By My Side. And the thing about Great Good Fine Okay is that every single song they put out is a bop. It blows my mind how good and how solid they are. Because every time I would be like minding my business and be like, boom, Great Good Fine Okay just released a song. Oh, let me hear it. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. They've got this great 80s pop r&b vibe it's super fun and they also churn out songs pretty steadily just they always have something new coming out they just recently put out a song too called change so yeah definitely check them out they do a cover of easy lover what by <laughs> they do it with um another band called Pam panama wedding and it's so good. I didn't know I needed a cover of Easy Lover. No one does. But I did. No one does. Uh, no, but it's great. <laughs> and if any of you are curious, they are on tour right now. Yes, they are on tour. So definitely check out Great Good Fine Okay. Again, By My Side is a bop. Mm. Their cover of Easy Lover is a bop. If you want to follow them on Twitter, they are great, good, fine, okay. Okay is spelled O and K, not O-K-A-Y, just O and K. So you can follow them there. And yeah, they're super dope. Spread the good word. Let them know Rhapsody and Reverie sent you. And then hit us up and tell us what you think of Soft Glass. And Great Good Fine Okay, because we want this to be a community where we get to share new music together and enjoy new music together. Yeah, and, and if we're sharing this with you, it means that we were touched and impressed by the quality of the music that we're sharing with you, and we want them to succeed, which is why we are shouting them out. We want you to listen to them. <laughs> We want their audiences yes. to grow. Please. Please support these artists. They're so great. <laughs> and support the artists that you love. Yes. By sharing them with us. If you have recommendations, send them our way. We will be happy to give them a listen. Totally. I literally, I live off of people sending me new music to listen to. So do it. And if you're a band hoping for maybe a spot, send us a DM or something like that and we'll give you a listen to. Anything you got, we will take. Yeah, some of some of the segments we have had featured. Um, we we featured people who have followed us who are in bands. That was episode eleven. Thank you so much for listening. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at Rhapsody Podcast for Twitter and Instagram. Subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher. 
for Podbean. And leave us a review. Those places. Yes, leave us a review or a rating or both. We don't care if it's to tell us that you hate us. We want to know. We want some feedback. Yeah. So feed us. <laughs> feed us back. <laughs> feed us back. Check our website as always for announcements. We've got a lot of good things cooking, so stay tuned. We do indeed. Without further ado, let's tease next week's episode. Hintmaster, what is our hint? The hint for next week. <laughs> ah, the hintmaster. No, I can't. That's a choice. It is a choice. You, you made it again. You gotta, you gotta commit or don't do it. Anyway, next week's artist. They have a song that has been on the top 100 chart for more than 200 weeks. And it's a banger. It is the best song in existence ever to have ever been. It really is. It's, it's so much more than a song. It's an anthem, if you will. A powerhouse. A slapper. So... That's the hint. If you want to make your guess, if you want to shoot your shot, uh, tune in on Wednesday Guest Day. I will be open all day for hints. Send me a DM. Comment on the post. Uh, do it through Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I don't care what platform you use. We've had correct guesses in the past, although this week we bested you again. Ha ha. But, huzzah. Huzzah. but seriously. Make a guess. If you know who it is, step right up. We'll give you a shout out. All right. Well, that that's it. So, well, meet me in the hallway, <laughs> sweet creature. Because ever since New York, we've just been two ghosts. I'm off to Carolina <laughs> to do cocaine. Jesus. Woman. On, dudes in honor of Bill and Ted 3 <laughs> 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 <laughs>